Remember that it's all in his hands, um, which is so important because what happens when we are in seasons like we are in right now, what we're seeing in these times of worry, anxiety, and fear is that people are really freaking out. Like what happens is we, we feel like we don't have any control and out of that kind of fear, people are saying really ridiculous things and behaving in, in sometimes strange and even really irresponsible ways. And, and part of this, at least part of this, if not a lot of this, is because of this heightened sense of vulnerability that we have right now. And when we are feeling that vulnerable, there's this diminished sense of power. And so we feel worried. We feel afraid. Troy, would you shove that over for me about a foot? Yeah. Uh, and in our series that we've been in here, um, we're calling it Fear Not, Finding Peace in an Anxious World. Um, we've been looking at this passage the last couple of weeks from Philippians chapter 4. And, and this week, I'm just going to read verses 6 and 7 to start. And Paul, what he's going to do here, into all this worry that we have, he's going to tell us one thing that we can do with our worry. He says it this way, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And I just think, you know, it's so helpful that Paul actually gives us something to do, <laughs> you know, in our worry. He actually gives us something to do about it, something to do with our worry. And I think this is really important because as a general rule, we can't really free ourselves from worry by just saying, hey, listen, relax, you know, that doesn't work. Or if you kind of beat yourself up because you're trying to make yourself stop feeling anxious, it's just not very effective, right? Like pressure and stress and, you know, shooting on someone, you shouldn't feel this way about their anxiety. It's like it doesn't help. And especially if somebody else is feeling anxiety, like coming at them and quoting Bible verses, it's not going to help. It's not going to fix anything, it probably just ends up discouraging a lot of people. So um, that's not a great idea at all to just throw Bible verses at people. But right here, for you and I to hear this as a message to us, not as a message to everybody else, but to ourselves, to start with me, um, we can hear what Paul says to us. And what he says, he doesn't say like, hey, knock it off, you shouldn't feel anxious, right? No, he actually gives us helpful help. It reminds me of what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, where he said, Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And you know, Jesus is right here. When we worry, we actually literally take hours away from our lives. Think about this. We, we have so many stress-related diseases like ulcers and migraines and muscle pain and back pain because of worry. You know, you might be thinking, like this pandemic thing, this is really a pain in the neck. Well, the worry in my life because of the pandemic might actually be a reason for the pain in my neck. Or maybe, you know, pain in some other places. Uh, because the truth is that we live with so much worry that we don't even realize how much we carry it in our own physical bodies. So I want to ask you to do something for a moment. Um, Right where you're at, right from home, the handful of us right here in the room, I just want you to take a deep breath, right? Just take a deep breath. Just go ahead and do it. Breathe it in, breathe it out. And as you breathe out, would you just 
hand over to God all the tension, all the worry, all the cares that you have. Um, just out of what we read on that first Peter, just give all your worries and cares to God. He cares about you. So let's do it again, right? Let's take a deep breath. Go, go ahead and just do it right now. And then breathe out and give God all the tension, all the worries, all of your cares. Just give it back to him. Just... See, now, this is the Apostle Paul's alternative to worry. Instead of grasping it and gripping onto it, what we read in Philippians chapter 4. In fact, let's read how the New Living Translation says it. Um, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And, and I want that just to be the simple truth for us to carry with us this week. This easy, right? Don't worry. Instead, pray. Now, that might seem overly simplistic, so don't worry. We're going to try to get real practical in this talk here. But let's carry that. Don't worry. Instead, pray. As a starting point, maybe for some of us this week. Because Scripture tells us about an important connection between worry and prayer. Uh, again, Peter puts it like this, that 1 Peter chapter 5 verse we read a little bit ago. Give all your worries and cares to God because he cares about you. Right? Take your worries, all your cares, give them to God because he cares about you. He doesn't want you to carry that stuff. And I've been trying to live by that on a daily basis, specifically by practicing that verse since last November. And I use that one-minute pause as a way to enter into that. In fact, um, the three-minute version, which I was going to show you, but I don't think we're going to have time, um, it, it's such a helpful way because it actually has us breathe a little bit, just kind of slow down, Get centered. It gives us a little more space to process kind of these things that we're doing. Um, and I've been using that and encourage you, again, to use this or something that works for you to just connect with the heart of God and give him your worries, to give him your cares. Or, or as the, the um, NLT version of Philippians 4 says, don't worry. Instead, pray. Now, I want to clarify something here, but I don't want you to hear me saying that, that if you pray enough, you will never feel worried. <laughs> That's not it at all. See, the idea is this. Any time that you or I can even feel like a twinge of worry or concern, God wants us to take it directly to him, to tell him all about it. Don't fake it. Don't pretend. Like, just be real with God. Just, like, unload your worry, your cares, on him. The version that, uh, of the Bible that I remember growing up with, the way that it read for this verse was, cast your cares, right, on him. Like, cast your cares, like throw it over to God. So, real practically here, pandemic stress and anxiety, okay, go tell God about it. Job loss or fear of job loss and fears about financial problems, Tell God all about it. Don't hold back. Uh, racial tension, grief and anger and frustration and guilt and feeling helpless or hopeless that we will never overcome the sin of racism. Yeah, that too. Like, tell God all about it. See, your job is not to make those anxious feelings go away. It's not. Like, you're not going to be the one that makes it go away. Maybe they will go away or maybe they won't. Listen, you can't control that. They will or they won't. Don't try to control that and don't beat yourself up trying to force it and make it happen. See, according to scripture here, your job and mine, when we have an anxious thought or feeling, 
our job is to take it directly to God. Like, and that's actually doable, right? Don't worry, instead, pray. And I'm talking just like simple prayer, just like heartfelt prayer, right? And so the rest of our time this morning, I want to look at two of the helpful things that are connected to this passage when it comes to dealing with our worries, with our concerns. And if we have enough time, I want to walk through both of them. I'm going to spend most of the time on the first one, but these are two kind of key pieces for us to practice the kind of prayer, simple prayer, that helps us to deal with concerns and worries. And the first idea that I take from this passage here, it's captured really in one word that Paul uses when he says here to the Philippians, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And it's the word everything. Like, everything? Yes, everything. That doesn't really leave anything out, does it? Right? Everything? Yeah, everything. The translation that I grew up reading says it this way, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And so Paul right here is giving us a simple key practice. In everything, (laughs) let your requests be made known to God. I just think that the implications of that single phrase are enormous. Like, I would say that one of the biggest barriers to prayer is that I often don't take that very seriously. I hear in everything, I just don't take that so seriously. In, in what? In everything? So let me just honestly tell you what often happens in my mind. Like when, just this is the way my mind works. Uh, maybe this is true for some of you, but especially when it comes to prayer, I have this constant stream of thoughts that is always running through my mind, whether I'm praying or doing anything. And very often, uh, especially if I'm trying to like pray, it's really almost alarming how the thoughts I have are not like spiritual um, in any measure or way at all. Because I think about stupid things that just run through my brain like, well, what are people thinking of me? Or how do I look? And how do I sound? And what's this sermon looking like right through the camera where I'm trying to imagine uh, those of you out there and this is just kind of awkward. And um, I wonder if we're going to get any good feedback about how good we're doing as a staff team here. Or, or I worry, here's what I worry about, if I'm going to get this message on worry done on time. <laughs> um, I worry if anybody's going to show up for prayer tonight at 6 p.m. Any number of things. I just worry about this stuff. My mind is just able to churn on a crazy amount of different variables. And that's been that way for me um, probably all my life, right? And so what used to happen when I would pray for a long time until somebody told me something differently, (laughs) I would go pray. And often I'd go into this focused time, I'm going to pray now, And I wouldn't talk to God about, like, those things, right? The things that I'm really thinking about, I wouldn't talk to him about those things because, you know, they didn't sound very spiritual, right? So what I would do in prayer is I thought I needed to talk to God about things that sound much more spiritual, (laughs) which, like, as if the only time God God is monitoring what's going on in my mind is when I pray, right? (laughs) Like, Like, he doesn't know the rest of the time. What I'm actually thinking, and when I'm praying, I want to make sure he thinks I'm thinking about this stuff. Like, so, I, you know, I'd get to prayer thinking I better pray about the right things. And I'd pray about, you know, world hunger or, or for suffering. 
uh, people who are suffering, or protection for people, like, like even now, like protection for people that are vulnerable to the virus or, or, or something like that. The stuff I should, you know, I'd should on myself really good there. Pray about that kind of stuff. But the truth was, my mind would keep wandering back to this other stuff that's really on my heart, and it made me just feel like I was terrible at praying. Um, and maybe I am. Maybe I am terrible at praying. But this is my confession before you today. I have a wandering mind when I pray. And I know that might shock some of you, uh, but it's true. And actually, if that does shock you, you probably don't know me uh, all that well, right? Those of you that know me pretty well, like no surprise, right? Uh, I have a wandering mind. I have a hard time staying focused when I pray. And I wonder if that's true of any of you. Do any of you ever have your mind sort of wander when you pray, wonder what's wrong with me? Why can't I pray well? Well, here's some really helpful help for those of us with wandering minds, and it's contained in this phrase of Paul, again, in everything, right? In everything. Here's the helpful insight that, that um, came to me. I believe one of the first places this happened was when I was uh, learning about prayer from some people back at my home church at Open Door uh, in Minnesota. Here's the insight. I must pray about what is actually going on inside of me. That's what I pray about, like in everything, right? The stuff that's actually going on inside of me, not what I wish was going on inside of me, not what I wish other people thought was going on inside of me. No, no, no. Friends, we come to God as we are, not as we wish we were or think we ought to be. No, we come to him as we are. Like he knows anyway, right? So why not in everything just put it out there in front of him? See, when I come to him as I am, in simple prayer, then when my mind does wander off to something else, instead of being all down on myself for getting like all super distracted, maybe, and sometimes what I'm learning to do is to pay attention to that very thing that's distracting me while I'm trying to pray. Because you know what? That little distraction thing, maybe that is what I need to be actually praying about. Maybe that's really what's on my heart. Maybe that's part of the in everything that I need to bring to God. Like, like here's the deal. Um, even, even, even when, like everything, even when what's going on in my wandering thoughts, even if they're self-centered things, right? Listen, get ready here. Ready here? You ready to write this down for the big spiritual insight of the day? Okay, that self-centered stuff we think about, right? Here's the big, big insight. God is not surprised by it, Right? <laughs> he's not surprised by what's wandering through my head or yours. It's not like, you know, I'm praying and suddenly my mind lands on something and God goes, whoa, wow, that is so selfish, Doug. I didn't realize that about you, right? None of this is a surprise to him. He's not surprised at all. Listen, um, we, some, we often just tend to be self-centered. We see this in kids. We see this in children. I heard a story about a time where this young dad got a life insurance policy. Um, they had somebody come out to his house, to his home there, do this little checkup. They took a blood sample. And then that afternoon, he went out and took one of his daughters with him. She was young, I think, uh, like five years old. She saw the Band-Aid right there on his arm, and she said, Daddy, Daddy, where did you get that? Are, are you Okay. I mean, this sounds like a really sweet, tender-hearted little girl. I picture some of our little sweethearts here at Hope saying something like that to their dads. <laughs> um, 
and the dad, like he knew this was going to tug at his daughter's heart, right? So in order to sort of elicit some sweetness from his daughter, he said, well, honey, some people came out and, and they took a blood sample because daddy had to get a checkup so he could get a life insurance policy. Do you know what that is? And she shook her little head, no. He said, that's so that I can take care of our family in case something bad happens to, to daddy. So if I, you know, if I, if I happen to die, I mean, he even knew mentioning this fact was really going to tug at her heartstrings. He said, if, if I died, you guys would get $500,000. And she looked up at him with looked like kind of the beginning of these big tears in her eyes. And she said, a piece? <laughs> right? Like, like, you know? A piece, then? 500, yeah. I mean, listen, that is just built into us from when we're young. We are self-centered. It's part of kind of the fallen human nature. We pretty naturally default to being self-centered in most any situation. But you know what? God knows this about us, and he still wants us to bring this stuff to him. I mean, think about children that come to parents. Like, I wish I had time to tell some of these stories, but children come to parents with all kinds of requests, don't they? Like, some requests are wonderful. Those are the ones we post on social media, right, parents? These wonderful, sweet, oh, my wonderful, awesome child. Um, um, Jenny, Jenny, you got to look at Jenny's Facebook because she'll give you the whole deal. She'll give you both sides of it. It's really wonderful, uh, uh, Jenny and Webb Hughes. But, but some of these requests, some of the stories from the kids, they're just sweet, but some are just crazy. Sometimes requests that kids make are foolish. Sometimes, you know, they're self-centered, like, 500,000 a piece, right? Like, parents, listen, what matters to us as a parent is that when our child comes, we just want them to come to us with what's really on their heart, right? Right, parents, like, what matters is not that our kid would try to fake it and sound all altruistic and noble, but, but that the child just comes in the reality of what's on their heart, lays that before us as their parent. We just want to know what's really on their heart because parents know that if we handle those requests with wisdom and care, like as a parent, you can guide the child. The child's going to grow. Are you following me? Are you with me here? Because what matters is that the relationship between the parent and the child has so much honesty, so much closeness. We want this authenticity with the child. A parent wants the child to talk about the desires that are really on their child's heart, right? The good, the bad, everything in between. Simple, honest, in everything. This is so true of our Father God towards us right? In everything. Paul says, in <clears throat> everything, make your request known to God. Like, everything? <laughs> yeah, everything. Friends, this means, among other things, this means I don't wait to clean up my motives first before I pray. I don't wait to pray uh, until I try to, you know, sound more spiritual than I am first. No, I don't do that. I don't pray the stuff that I wish was really going on inside of me. I, I don't pray what I think God wants to hear. No, no, I pray what's really going on inside of me. It's simple, honest, in everything kind of prayer. 
Richard Foster talks about this and calls it simple prayer. He says this is the most common kind of prayer in all of the Bible. Simple prayer, we see this all over Scripture. Let me give you an example, and this is a crazy example, but I just got to do it, okay? There's a prophet named Elisha in the Old Testament. He's kind of a main character for a while. He's this prophet used by God in amazing ways. <laughs> but toward the beginning of his ministry, he's walking, traveling to a town. This is in 2 Kings chapter 2. I'm not going to read it because there's a lot of other questions it raises, right? Uh, it's a doozy. You're going to want to look at this story later. It's a doozy, okay? He's walking around. He's walking, and a bunch of kids come out toward the road. They start yelling at him, making fun of him, and they called him <gasps> Baldy, like Apparently, he was bald, right? So they said to him, yes, Jim. Amen, says Brother Jim. <laughs> now, uh, they call him Baldy. You know, they say, hey, Baldy, get out of here, Baldy. Go away. Now, how do you think that this man of God, Elisha, responds to that? Now, by the way, remember, this is before Jesus. This is before we ever hear of turn the other cheek, okay? Here's what he does. He's ticked. He's mad. So he prays for a bear to chase these kids away from him. Actually, it's worse than that, but we'll just say it that way in case your kids are sitting there, right? He prays for that, and it happens. Like, this is in the Bible, right? Like, this was on his heart. It's what he prayed for. Now, I know. What's that? Beware the bald guys, Jimmy says. That's right. That's a warning right there. Now, this is, I know, this is a weird example, but it's just one example in the Bible of simple, honest, unfiltered prayer, like, this doesn't sound like the prayer of a spiritual giant, does it? He's ticked, and so he just talks about what's on his heart to God. And so when we hear in everything, it's like, yeah, everything. Now, honestly, we could find better examples out of the book of Psalms and several other places, but I have always wanted to work that crazy story into a sermon, so there you go. You're welcome, right? <clears throat> but, but if you want to see honest, unfiltered prayer, just read through the Psalms over and over again. The, the psalmist just has these uncensored, unvarnished, un filtered prayers, sometimes anger, sometimes vengeful, awful stuff, sometimes worry and confusion, sometimes despair, sometimes fear, and God let it be in the Bible. Like, it means to you and me, whatever stuff is on my heart, we can pray to God, listen, I don't know how to get this out right now, and this isn't the end of the story, God, but I got to say what's real. This is the honest cry of my heart, God. Friends, that's a simple, honest in everything kind of prayer. Listen, we don't want to pray to God about what you think ought to be going on inside of you. We pray about what's really going on inside of us, about the desires, the impulses of our hearts. And if we're going to grow in simple prayer and learn to start making some progress and overcoming being dominated by worry, we're going to have to become people who pray in everything. And to do that, we come as we are, not as we think we ought to be or should be. We come as we are, honest, real, and raw. So here is a challenge for us for this week. This is an experiment for us to do together in simple prayer. In fact, this week, starting today, let's do this. Let's pray about what's really going on inside of us. Not what you wish was going on inside of you, but what is really going on inside of you. Whether your request is large or small, whether your motives are mixed or pure, or whether you ask God for stuff that is wise or foolish, listen, let's just let God sort all that stuff out. We can trust him to respond wisely, and we just pray what is real, what is from the heart in everything, right? Now, 
I watched some videos yesterday, some from some of my friends who live in South Minneapolis, where I lived for a number of years. Uh, and I, the stuff that I saw that my friends posted, videos that they posted that they filmed during the day, you know, before any curfew, um, this stuff, footage, you know, it didn't make the news. Um, and some of the most powerful stuff that I watched were these videos of the honest, like, gut-wrenching, tearful, angry, cry-of-the-heart prayers. I mean, there were big groups of people in the streets on their knees, many of them, just crying out to God from their hearts. It was not varnished. It wasn't rehearsed. They cried out for justice, for change, for the, for the grace and mercy of God. They prayed for their white brothers and sisters to listen to them and believe what it's like to live as a person of color in America. And listen, when somebody prays that way, do you, do you know what God doesn't do? He doesn't critique their prayer. Like, God doesn't get offended by their prayers. Like, like the psalmist who prayed, how long, O oh Lord, will you forget me, God, forever? Like, he didn't get all angry and indignant. He, he didn't get all offended. God doesn't get defensive. He listens to the cry of their hearts. And hear me, friends. That's how we need to listen as well. I'll be honest, it made me uncomfortable to hear some of the things that were being prayed until I remembered, like, uh, uncomfortable? <laughs> so what? Like, instead of getting defensive or shifting to talking about looting and riots, no, 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 let's just, as the people of God, let's keep our focus on what is being said and communicated. Let's mourn with those who mourn. Because I don't expect our government officials to do that. None of them. Like, many of them are going to react and get defensive and use this to play against each other. Fine, go for it, right? I don't expect that out of them. But I do expect us, followers of Jesus, to do that. Like, to be willing to listen, to be uncomfortable, to hear, to hear the pain and the anger and the fear. See, all over the Scripture, we find a God who is on the side of the poor and the oppressed. Those are the people that God sides with all through the story of the Bible. So, friends, we want to identify with that same thing. What matters to God's heart matters to my heart, matters to your heart. Let's find ourselves being willing to listen, to be willing to listen. So friends, whatever you are dealing with in this season, um, whether it's the racism piece or other things, like are you hurting? Are you confused? Are you sad? Are you anxious? Like is the pandemic pushing you to the brink? Uh, is family pressure, job pressure, financial pressure, relational stress, is racism, whatever it is, in everything, bring it to God in simple, honest, unfiltered prayer. Again, hope, let's do that experiment that we had up on the screen, simple prayer, starting today. Let's pray about what's really going on inside of you, not what we wish was going on inside of you, whether your request is big or small or wise or foolish. Let's let God sort it out. See, we can trust him to respond wisely because he's a good father. He wants to hear from you. He's not going to give you something to harm you if you ask out of a knee-jerk reaction. 
Now, let me say something about this. When we ask, it means, like, if we're going to ask about anything, we do have to learn to hold our prayer requests kind of loosely. We, we have to trust that if God doesn't answer the way I want a prayer answered, I need to just trust that he's a wise parent, like that's his job. But your job, my job, is to talk to God about what's really on our heart in everything. And you and I can do that. We can become a person who prays in everything. Now, the band is ready to play, but I am going to go for it and hit this second half. So you guys can hang for a bit. I'm going to try to speed up this second piece because I do think this is important. Um, simple, honest, in everything prayer. The first component of practicing this kind of prayer that helps us deal with worry. Number one, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. The second one I can do much quicker. Ready? The second part is this. We must make listening and responding a part of our prayer. We do the simple prayer, and then what we do is listen and we take action. So is God calling us to do something about that thing that we are carrying? See, just because I'm anxious about something doesn't mean that I don't need to pay attention. Like, remember, prayer is intended to be a two-way conversation. And this is especially important when it comes to giving my worries to God. So here's the question that I want us um, to ask God when we do lay our worries before him. Here's the question. God, is there any action that you want me to take about this concern? Because sometimes a concern is a prompt for action. Now, I mean, listen, what we're aiming at, again, is experiencing the peace of God that passes all understanding here, right? But we have to be mature about what peace actually means. So if we think that having God's peace all the time just means that we're these happy-go-lucky people, we're mistaken. That is not what peace is. And I don't have time to go more deeply into what shalom peace means in the Bible, but it's much deeper than this surface kind of deal. Uh, because if what we're worried about, if what we're concerned about, the thing that's raising the anxiety and worry for us, if that's actually something that, that God is going to use to nudge us to take action on something he is wanting us to take action on, and all we're trying to do is like escape that gnawing sense of conviction, we don't want to look any deeper at that thing that's weighing heavy on our hearts, I don't think that's supposed to just evaporate. Um, let me be specific here. That concern, like that thing that feels heavy to you, it might be God prompting you to do something to take action, right? So let's say you're concerned, you're anxious about money. Well, is God, let, let's give it to him, right? But is he prompting you to take any action, like maybe doing a budget, maybe taking a financial peace class uh, to use that? concern about money to do something, right? Is there an action that we can take? Uh, maybe you're concerned about your marriage. Well, is there an action that you can take about that? Find a, a counselor or go to a marriage group or work on your marriage or work on you so that your marriage can be better, right? Take an action uh, because of the relationship. Um, are you troubled? As many of us are about racism in our nation. Okay, listen, take action. Listen, learn. Um, we are having some discussions with some folks at Hope here, and I believe we're going to call it The Table, and we're going to have regular conversations because we don't want to just react every time something happens. We want to have ongoing conversations that help us to better love 
are brothers and sisters, no matter what our differences are, it's going to roll out pretty soon, uh, but come tonight at 6 o'clock. That's an action you can take if you're concerned about racism in our country. Uh, and let me say something, because this racism piece just makes it really easy, but this applies in so many different places, right? Let's say we take an action with racism. Um, we don't just, you know, feel heavy. We wish we had some peace. We want it to go away so we'll feel better, um, so that it goes back to normal, because that wouldn't be real peace. There are some things that we need to feel uncomfortable about. Like, it matters to God, and it needs to matter to us. Like, it, it, this race peace can't go back to normal, friends. Like, we can't go back to fake peace. Like, honestly, something does have to change. And as the people of God, when we pay attention to verses like Jeremiah 6.14, where God says, they dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. Like God's coming down on it when someone says, no, no, let's just have peace. It's all going to be fine. Like we don't want fake peace in our hearts. We don't want fake peace in our nation, not with this, not with any other issue. We want to stand on the side of justice, the place where the heart of God is at. Because again, all through scripture, God stands with the oppressed. It's everywhere. It is everywhere. And you know who has the hardest time seeing that God stands with the oppressed all through scripture? Those of us who are not oppressed. We have a hard time seeing it. Those of us who have better access to power and influence in our culture. People like me. Um, but if you're oppressed, if you are oppressed, if you are a person of color, uh, if you've experienced racism, I'm pretty sure that you probably know exactly what I'm talking about when I just say the phrase fake peace. So the discomfort, discomfort that we feel, friends, rather than just wish it would go away so we can get back to normal, I think it's a prompting to take action and join God in the work of his kingdom where all children of God are valued and treasured. Now, that's one specific example, but whatever it is that you're carrying, ask, give it to God, and then listen to God. Ask him, God, what might you be inviting me to take action on? Right? And then... The phrase is, the peace of God will come. Real peace, real shalom, and that will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You bring it to God, we pray everything we bring to him, and then we listen because he might have something he's calling us to take action on. And when he does, we have to be willing to say yes and respond in obedience and faith. Because if our idea of prayer is it's just this kind of this magic wand that all I have to do is say these words before God, all my worry will go away, I don't have to do anything, I don't have to be obedient, I don't have to trust, then we have an, a wrong idea of prayer because prayer is connected to a willing heart and a life of following Jesus. Obedient faith, like we follow him. We pray and then we listen and we act on what God has called us to take action on. Now, if we're willing to do this, if we're willing to do what Paul says, hey, don't worry, instead pray about everything, then whatever it is your concern is, big, small, wise, foolish, selfish, noble, if you listen to God and then respond in faith and obedience, if you're willing to do that, 
Now, this is where Paul makes this incredible promise. In the next sentence, he says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Hmm. Then, he says, you will experience God's peace. And, and wouldn't you like that? A peace that's beyond anything that we can understand, <laughs> um, which is deeper, like deeper than any human being can comprehend, given the condition of our pain, our confusion, our loneliness, uh, the death, our fallen world. Still, we would have peace, even with all the junk. He says, his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Friends, in 2,000 years, Jesus has never led anyone into worry or despair or fear. Never. He really does have an answer to this insane world that's around us. So won't you give him your burdens? Won't you give him your cares? Like you really can do that. Jesus says in the book of Matthew, he says, come to me all who are Weary and burdened, I will give you rest. And so you can come to him right now as you are. As you are. And then, when the worry comes back, you can come to him again. You give it to him again, right? And then when it comes back again, you can just give it to him again and again and again and again. And I'd like to give us an opportunity to do that right now. I want to take a moment as the worship team leads us in a closing song as just sort of this moment of surrender and removing, like casting off those cares, casting off those burdens. And so what I want you guys to do as the song is being played, I want you to identify, maybe even right now before the song starts, this is between you and God, but here's what I want you to identify. What's the burden that you're carrying today? Maybe you're worried about your health. Maybe you're worried about your family, your children, your marriage. Or maybe a relationship that's not there that you wish was there and you're worried about it. Maybe you're worried about finances, your job, or your future. Maybe you're worried about what's going to happen in one of your relationships that is currently strained or broken. Maybe a family member or a friend, it's just hard right now. What's going to happen? Maybe you're worried about losing someone you love. Maybe you're worried about the unknown. Maybe it's the despair over racial injustice and racism. Whatever it is, you can decide right now, okay, God, I don't want to carry this burden on my own anymore. I don't want to carry it on my own. I'm going to try this new strategy. I'm simply going to pray. Simply, honestly, in everything. <laughs> Unvarnished. I'm going to come to you, God. And so in a moment as we sing, just do that. Just bring it to God. And you know, there's just one more thing. Maybe God, like we've been talking about, bring it to him. But maybe there's something he wants you to do. Maybe there's a step of courage and faith that God wants you to take some action. So will you take a moment to just listen and identify if there's something that you need to do to address this concern or worry that's coming up. And if there is... God nudges you at something or towards something, will you say yes? So just take this moment to pray and to listen to God 
as the team leads us in this closing song.